0: May I have your attention, please? We are controlling transmission. There is nothing wrong.
1: The horror crime.
0: Whether it's a ghost, a spirit, or
2: an entity, they all feed on it. That's the whispering, the footsteps, the
0: feeling of another presence. You won't have a chance to change your minds later, because there'll be no way to get out. We have such sights to show you. Have you checked? <laughs> checked, <laughs> checked, checked, checked. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't.
3: Oh. Boogeyman is real. That is better. They're coming to get you. Boy. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Phantom Galaxy podcast. Where the crossroads of science fiction, fantasy, and horror meet. I'm your host Nathan Barlbaugh. I'm joined with my co-host Bill Van Vagel from up in Canada. Bill, how are you tonight?
0: I am doing amazing. Today was one of the first days I didn't have a winter jacket on. Spring is in the air, love is in the air, Horror's in the air, there's lots in the air.
3: Yeah, there is a lot in the air. <laughs> Pollen, for one thing, and I've been having some allergies, and you hear that cackling in the background, so there's a couple other things <laughs> up in the air tonight, including the quality of this podcast, but
4: before we start... Hey, now, wait a minute, don't blame us uh, for your quality.
3: <laughs> no, no, that's totally on us. Uh, as you can hear, we have some, uh, some reprobates with us tonight, and... Uh, I want to welcome back the guys from the Horror Chronicles podcast, and I'm going to turn it over to, uh, to them to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about your podcast. You were on for the Valentine's Day episode, which we got a lot of great feedback on and a lot of great uh, listens on that one. So guys, you're here tonight to do DVD roulette. It's the return of, of, of that, uh, not DVD, excuse me. <clears throat> VOD Roulette. is the return of VOD Roulette. Bill and I have been doing that for a while where we would each pick a movie sort of randomly. Uh, most of the times we hadn't seen it or something we hadn't seen in a very long time. And we invited these guys to come on with us. So, guys, go ahead and introduce yourselves and we'll get right down to it.
4: What's up, everybody? I am JT and this is Ryan. We
2: are from the Horror, Horror Chronicles, Chronicles Podcast.
4: podcast.
2: Baby. So, uh, they invited us on here because they said they need to party. So, uh <laughs> We are here, <laughs> but uh, they no, really guys,
4: didn't know what they were
2: asking for. <laughs> but uh, you guys can find us uh, basically anywhere. We're on all streaming platforms, um, Spotify, Stutcher, iTunes, all that stuff. YouTube, uh, Facebook. Are, we're highly active on our Facebook page. That's the best way to get a hold of us. If you want to come on the show and talk about, on our show, we talk about paranormal aliens cryptids horror movies um basically anything that creeps you out and goes bump in the night that's
4: and what you we can do. find me creeping in uh, nathan's uh bushes outside his
0: house <laughs> i thought you were gonna say in nathan's bush and i was gonna <laughs> leave it
3: just at that and the podcast well, is done. But no, guys, is highly reassuring
2: yeah <laughs> that's where you can find us at it uh you know we like to have a good time and joke around and you know that's why that's yeah. why everybody's laughing. We've been joking for We're about twenty five minutes balls. now, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So um, I am ready, Nathan. Whatever you guys want to do as far as the uh, movies go, we can start off with uh, JT so we can get him quiet quicker, and uh, <laughs> go
4: from
3: <Yeah>. there.
2: <laughs> You'll never shut me up.
3: <laughs> we'll we'll introduce our, our movies here in a minute. We'll kind of go around the horn, and we won't because we haven't previously announced them. We will go ahead and let each person sort of introduce the movie. Uh, I'll, I'll mention that in a minute. I just want to uh, back up for a minute. Uh, yes, everyone do check out the Horror Chronicles. Like, uh, like they mentioned, they do cover a lot of different things in, in horror and also cryptids and the paranormal. Uh, I do think you, you you guys are selling yourselves a little short. It's a lot of fun over there. <laughs> and anyone who's been listening to our X-Files uh, we had the first X Files episode. We got a lot of good feedback about that. If you enjoy that sort of thing, they talk all aspects of it over there. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And if you're someone who's ever enjoyed like uh, Coast to Coast and programs like that, uh, they have a little mix of that with with the uh, the kind of horror film stuff going on. So I, like I, love, you. I love I love like your much. podcast. I'm looking forward to coming on. We talked. We're going to do Lake Monsters. Oh yeah, we could do yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, hundred yeah, yeah, percent, man. Uh, that, Ryan
4: just came up with an idea the other day. We're uh, gonna do the Conjuring Universe.
3: Ooh, uh, that'll oh, be cool. Yeah. Are you going to kind of dovetail that in with the Warrens and and their yeah, the, yeah. real life? Yeah. yeah?
2: We're gonna hit on every aspect of that. It's gonna be a long. It's gonna be a series, you know, multi-series of. It's gonna 10 be days. long and boring
3: it's um, <laughs> <No>. gonna <laughs> be strictly analytical yeah, i don't think I look forward to it
2: i don't think our podcast has ever been that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so no but it do check it out it's a lot of fun and uh and i love that that melding we're big into here i at, at my house we're big into the cryptids and the paranormal and things like that and uh so, tonight, yeah. we've got uh, movies that cover kind of a, a broad spectrum in some senses, but we did kind of limit it this time to horror. Sometimes it's in science fiction and other movies. And I got to say, no one I don't think anyone set out to do it this way, but Bill kind of fired the first shot, as he normally does, where he picks a movie, and Bill just goes all out. He just sort of like, it's like spins a wheel and points at something, and that's what we're doing. Yep, pretty and much. He, There's no rhyme, no reason. He picked a movie that got this whole thing started, but when, you know when we were done we had a, we have a four movies i would say three of them are more similar than than the fourth one but all of them really feel like you know this episode could be titled back to the video store in 1995 or something like that yeah. you know because that was the vibe i got through this entire uh, this entire uh, group of movies and i had seen two of the four before and two i had not one i one i've definitely seen pieces of it but i hadn't seen the entire movie and we're gonna get started tonight and i think we're gonna have a lot of fun with this so i'm gonna turn it over to jt first to tell us what his movie was kind of set it up and then we'll go kind of around the horn and discuss what we thought of it uh, also let them know when we announce the movies let's let everybody know where you can find the movie uh the kind of rules here is we try to stick to some of the bigger streaming services. Uh Bill of course has to always go with Tubi. We have to have something from Tubi at any given time. <laughs> and then we also have uh you know, we try to Amazon, uh, Netflix sometimes. usually we try to find somewhere where it's easy for someone to find it, uh and it's not like an extra subscription service or something for the most part. So JT, uh take it away. All right. So uh I'm JT
4: from Horror Chronicles. Uh I uh I picked a movie called The Barn. Um, The Barn was released in 2016, and it was a movie directed by this guy. His name was Justin Seaman. Um, No pun intended. Um, (laughs) And uh, So, uh, you know, this movie, you can actually find this movie on Tubi. Um, I actually, years ago, this movie came out in 2016, I rented it on Amazon Prime. Um, but then I found it on Tubi whenever we decided to do this episode. Uh, you can find this movie just about anywhere. Um, this movie really, it kind of holds a, a place in my heart because it's about one of my favorite holidays. My favorite holiday is, of course, Halloween. I absolutely love everything about that Halloween.
0: I would have thought it was—I would have thought it was Arbor Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Well, you know, there was a tree planted. Um, you know, uh, so basically, the short synopsis of this movie is: it's Halloween, it's nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, best friends Sam and Josh are trying to enjoy what's left of their final Devil's Night before graduating high school uh but trouble arises when the when the two pals decide to group up and mm-hmm. they go in search of this place called the barn um, they 're basically they 're at a rock concert and they talk some people into going out with them, some friends of theirs, and they go to this old abandoned barn and The gist of the movie is is if you walk up to the barn door and you knock three times and say trick-or-treat, you will awaken the evil inside. Yes. And there's some evil to be played there. Yes. Um, You know, basically the movie spawns on and it's up to Sam and Josh, these two friends, to find a way to protect their friends. Uh, and defeat the creatures that lurk within the barn. <laughs> the barn. The barn. Um, this movie uh, was really cool, the way they filmed this, this movie. They filmed this movie on like a, I think, honestly, I think they, moved the, they filmed this movie on a high-8 video, because when you watch it, It takes you right back to that nineteen eighties nostalgia. You know, not great film quality, but yeah, know that atmosphere is awesome. Atmosphere of like a Friday the Thirteenth,
2: yeah, yeah,
4: like that. And uh, basically, these guys go in and they wake up these three creatures. Um, One of them is. The boogeyman, the boogeyman, um, and uh, the other is uh,
2: Hollow Jack.
4: Hollow Jack
2: and the Candy Corn Scarecrow. And the Candy Corn Scarecrow. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, um, this movie was um, really it, kind of like Nathan was saying at the beginning. All these movies are great, and. Um, turned out they were good they were easy to watch you know but this yeah. one this one really did it brought you back to the 80s feel um for me i know i'm pro- i'm the youngest one on this podcast right now but i'm Damn, uh <laughs> but i uh you know i got an old soul you know so i when it comes to movie especially 80s was my favorite year or genre of movies you know the 80s horror and stuff like that um and uh, this one brings you straight back to that. It gave you that, and the way they filmed it, like you said, the yeah. atmosphere of the movie. Um, the acting wasn't horrible. So, no, it wasn't So that, bad, was, that was something that was good about none it. None of know? the
4: actors in this movie are like A-list actors. Exactly. But it was know? still good. But yeah. it was still a, a good film. This film was actually uh, filmed in West Alexandria, Pennsylvania. Um, they found a set. Uh, with this old, old timey looking barn, you know the, you know your typical red and white, mm-hmm. you know, barn uh, on a farm, and uh, you know the stuff they did in this movie. Uh, basically, the film starts out; they give you a little backstory on the creatures, um, and it, you know, started out in, in a place called Wary Falls. In 1959, um, they give you a little backstory there, and then what they do is they throw you 30 years into the future, which for us it's the past. Um, they throw you into a place called uh, Helen's Valley in 1989. Um, now we talk about star caliber in this movie, dude. Yeah, when I come so- on. Come on. You got two of the biggest stars in horror in this film, and that is Linnea Quigley. Holler at your boy. And Ari Lehman. <laughs> now, if you guys don't know who Linnea Quigley is, for one, you've been living under a rock. Um, <laughs> and two you're, two, two, you're missing some good fun bags.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: two, you're missing some really good fun bags. Uh, Linnea Quigley actually hit a, a tube of lipstick in her boob during the movie <laughs> <laughs> Night of the Demons. And then she also danced naked on a tomb in the movie Return of the Living Dead. Yes. Uh, Ari Lehman, if that name sounds familiar to you, which it should, Ari Lehman. Jumping played, up out of the lake. Played. The young version of Jason Voorhees in the original Friday the 13th. How
2: large? Hell yeah.
4: Come on. Yep,
2: yeah, he played Dr. Rock in this one. Yeah, in this
4: movie, he played a guy named Dr. Rock. He ran a show where he played music and interviewed rock groups and stuff,
2: which is where they um, found out about where they're going. Yeah, it's really a, cool.
4: It's a great and, film, man. I, and, I enjoyed it a lot. And, and one of the cool things that really impressed me about this film was the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music in this film is such a throwback to 80s horror. Um, as you're listening to the themes on the different music scores in this film, you're automatically thinking of Friday the 13th. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um not so much Halloween, but you know yeah. there's a lot of you're like, oh yeah, I remember hearing that. You know. This uh this guy that directed this film, this Justin Seaman, um, he has done a couple really good films that I've been pretty impressed with. I actually, guys, I reached out to this guy yesterday. Um <clears throat> I'm gonna try and get him on the show.
0: Uh, well, awesome, we'll, that would be cool. Abby, well, I yeah, figure you, I, I really cool. you would because he he's filming one right now called Cryptids. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yes, if you do get yes. us get us back, we'd love to come back and uh, <laughs> you know interrogate him too.
4: Definitely, <laughs> definitely. He was the producer on a film called
3: 10:31. I did. Uh, I saw that one. Yep. Yes, I think he directed yes, a segment, mythology. the one about the hag or whatever. I think he directed. Yes. Yes. It.
4: Absolutely. Um I really want to pick this guy's brain. I mean, he just And it seems does. like he has
3: the barn too in pre-production. <laughs> yes. Yes,
4: absolutely. Absolutely. And
2: another thing that's really cool about this movie um is that it like like JT said our favorite like holiday is Halloween. That's what we we love that time of year. And this really digs into the um oh, I don't even know what you would say, the lore of Halloween and all the, you know, the rules. It's kind of like the um, Scream of Halloween because the, the movie... Scream of Halloween? Well, in Scream, they tell you... All, okay. <laughs> and there goes the podcast. <laughs> but no, in um, Scream, they tell you all about the um, horror movies and the rules of the horror movies. In this movie, it's all about the rules of Halloween. So it's got the rules on it. That's for
4: sure. Yeah,
0: it, it, it reminded me a little of uh, Zombieland in the, rule number three, rule number four, yeah, rule yeah. number five. Yeah. So yeah, because yeah,
4: yeah, nope. you had the main character Josh uh, talking about all these different things that should happen. You know.
2: Yeah. So what's your guys is what, how how's your thoughts on this, Nathan?
3: It was a movie? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It it wasn't that great. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Uh, No, honestly speaking, so when we saw this, first off, I realized, and for anyone who's interested in seeing this movie, it is on Tubi. It's also on Amazon Prime for free now. That's where I saw it. But but be aware, there are two different versions, or not two different versions, but there are two different movies called The Barn, maybe more than that. But there's also a very recent Barn from 2018. I haven't seen that one, but it's the one I almost started to watch until I realized, yeah, it, uh, when i looked at what you guys had sent me it was the the 2016 movie
4: mm-hmm. right and the, the 2018 18 movie is about serial killers yeah i started watching yeah
2: i actually started yeah. to watch it and i'm like I t- i'm like this doesn't sound right so i texted to you i'm like <laughs> Where was it, what was the one that you said and i had to, so i got about 10 minutes into the other movie i'm like this is not right <laughs> well here's
4: yeah. the thing was that other movie any good Maybe we'll watch it. Who knows?
3: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I started the same thing, and then it went back to this one. And I've, I like you. I'm a huge fan of Halloween, and I love the ambiance of Halloween. Everything related to Halloween, and and probably like you, I have a certain soft spot for movies. Not not even just not good movies, even, but just movies that capture what that Halloween spirit feels like. And honestly, in the 80s and the 90s, a lot of my fond memories of watching movies on Halloween or around Halloween time were that they weren't that great all the time, great in terms of the quality in which they're made and things like that. Mm. What I appreciate about The Barn is they clearly didn't have a lot of money or necessarily resources right from the get-go. and yeah. What, yeah. But they they clearly had a lot of heart. They wanted to make this movie... And sometimes, uh, I, I will be the first to tell you, I am getting a little tired of all of the sort of retro glaze that put is, is put on a movie, you know, where let's make it look like an 80s movie, let's appeal to your nostalgia as heavily as possible. It works in this movie, it also works in a movie called the um, NUV Halloween Special, I don't know if you guys saw that one or not, it's also on Amazon, I'd recommend it, where it's honestly made, like someone just put a VHS in and started recording new, a new special on Halloween Eve and the what they end up doing is they they use this stylistic thing to kind of cover the fact that they maybe don't always have the the best actors and that they the the production elements are a little bit on the lower side and honestly it's, it's kind of it makes that part a little bit easier to go with you know because mm, right, when they right. put that little film grain over it this movie still looks good you know what i mean in a sense it still looks like that kind of comforting grainy 80s horror movie it doesn't look like somebody running around with a home video camera you know which might often get (laughs) uh the music and everything that also helps sort of and you you kind of go back between the heavy metal and then you go into some like more of the synth kind of style music and you have a little little bit of all that all of that stuff yes i get that they're you know these can be kind of stylistic crutches but they work here to make the movie a little bit more fun. And so, yeah, the acting isn't great, but a lot of the acting in those movies wasn't either. But they really – it's crazy. Like even in the opening – now, I was a little bit – is that a carved pumpkin? You couldn't even have a real – no, it's not even a real <laughs> yeah, yeah, pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. Like, There's a pumpkin out, and I'm like, that's a pumpkin made of wood. Uh, right, know. right. I feel yeah. like finding a pumpkin that looks like that is harder than carving a pumpkin. But uh, – when when the little girl goes to open the barn and gets a pickaxe to the head in the first like oh dude you know, yeah, yeah. ouch movie, ouch you realize kind of what you're dealing with. But is it a great movie? It is not. This is not a movie I wouldn't you know the, the, the film critic kind of uh mindset you're not necessarily you know you're gonna be smashing up against the production and the kind of silliness of this but it is a horror fan as a fan of the holiday You kind of have to, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to sort of just let some of that go and go with the movie. And these movies, they don't always work. But I loved the kind of perspective where they they kind of keep it with the kids. And and some of the the younger actors are a little bit better than, you know, some of the older actors. Although, like you mentioned, the movie, though, that this, uh, and I don't know... Justin Seaman may not find this uh, a comforting comparison. There's a movie from the mid-90s, also with Linnea Quigley, called Jacko. Have you guys ever seen Jacko? Oh, Jacko! Oh, oh yeah, I Jacko. I, that movie's awful. Uh, it, has, <laughs> it has footage of John Carradine from like 15 years earlier or something, and he's in the movie, and then later they have a guy just wearing a mask. It's supposed to be John Carradine. It's Ed Wood level, uh, but I, there's, I have a soft spot for that movie, and I remember seeing it around Halloween time in the mid-90s, and this movie's better made than that movie, but (laughs) it has that kind of vibe. You know, there's a comforting cheesiness to this movie. And I love the idea that they went with three monsters. You know, we don't just get one. We get... And the the tone, while there's violence, and while there are all these elements that kind of make it feel slashery, it also has the... Feel of almost a fun, you know. If you took out some of the gore and some of the other elements, it almost has that gee whiz kids kind of horror feel to it. Not saying yeah. it's a kids horror film, but it has a more kind of almost innocent spirit to it. If that makes sense. Oh yeah.
4: Right. yeah oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially when they, uh, when they,
3: uh, when they kill the creatures. You know,
0: I love that
3: eighties uh, like animated lightning too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was watching, like,
3: um, He-Man or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, and, and back Masters at – the Universe. Right. Yeah, yeah. Back at Halloween this year, Bill and I, we got with Greg Morgan from Land of the Creeps, and we reviewed Trick or Treat, the 80s Trick or Treat, the, oh, the rock yeah, and horror movie. Film. And between the – like you, you mentioned, uh, Mary here, who's on the television, is, like, interviewing the rock stars. Between that angle and then the angle where – Uh, all that electricity and the kind of the heavy metal. I was getting some flashbacks there as well. And it's just a fun, uh, would I say run out and like drop $20 to see this movie? No, but
1: I would say, check it out
3: right. Like seeing it for free on, on to prime and you can have fun with it. And I would say, check it out because honestly speaking, after the, the watch here, you know, I thought, you know, what? hey, I could see myself going back to this around Halloween time. It has it has yeah. enough of those vibes. It also has a scene I've never seen in a movie before or for, in real life, for that matter, where a preacher from the pulpit is, like, encouraging everyone to go enjoy Halloween.
4: Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> He's yeah, like, let true.
3: the festivities begin. I'm like, what universe is this happening in?
0: Right, right.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I my thoughts on it, it was – the quality was not 100% but you could tell that it was a passion project. You know that these guys really wanted to do something that kind of was an homage and ode to something from 30 years earlier. I read something in the IMDb notes. I don't know. I mean, never take them for gospel. But at a certain point in production, they ran out of money, and the actors came back to work for basically nothing because they believed in the project. That's awesome. So that's kind of the perspective. If you see it through that lens you gain a greater appreciation than, okay, this is cheesy, this doesn't make sense. But I will say there's a little bit of that throw all the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks kind of philosophy to this. Because I think they try to stick in 17 horror tropes in a 90-minute film. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Because Because there's the campfire, there's drinking, there's boobs. There is sex. There's people getting killed. The black guy gets killed first. Oh, whoops, spoiler. That's all (laughs) the stuff going on in our studio. There's a a high school dance. There's a a synth pop and heavy metal. There's a backwards town folk. There's a Harpinger of Doom character that was just a fascinating guy.
3: Um, (laughs) I feel like he's from Baltimore.
0: (laughs) He seems like he might be. Does he not remind you of the guy in like Friday the Thirteenth Part Two? That's kind of yeah, standing yeah, on the side. Yeah. Of the yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Crazy. Crazy. Route. And they get they get into cults in this, but so like they do try to stick. And it reminds me a little bit of when there's a, a certain point in the movie. There's a dance, and it was almost an homage, and not even an homage, an ode to Carrie. Even to the point where if you watch closely, there's a split screen, and De Palma does shitloads of split screens. They even do a split screen in that film. So they obviously had seen a lot. There was odes to Friday the 13th Part 2, where they're sitting around at the beginning and they're retelling the story of Jason. Well, that's kind of what they were doing at this, sitting Mm -hmm. around drinking around the fire. It's a complete love letter to 1987 slashers like you know 83 Ryan. 85 you know uh, pl- on a plus the practical effects were pretty strong on it. yeah oh yeah definitely. you know that's, I'll, I'll take the only the only if you call it CGI were those laser beam uh, shots from guys fingers when people got killed that
3: was the right. only but they were beautifully retro <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they were beautifully they were retro yeah.
0: and th- but the other thing is I found the end was kind of abrupt I was like it's over.
4: Oh, yeah, it, okay,
0: And that's how I felt about it too. Yeah. But uh, interesting and there I got the Friday the 13th part 3 vibe. Right. Being up in the uh, uh up in the barn and all the messing around going around on there. But again, I'd give it a 3 out of 5. Is it the best film in the world? Absolutely no, not. No. Is it one that's fun to watch and if you are a love of the genre you'll wanna watch? Absolutely. It is my second viewing and I will be viewing it again it's a and
3: Would that be a 6 out of 10 on the 10 scale, Bill? Six out of ten, three out of five, kids
0: do your multiplication. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, gonna tell that. you right now, IMDB gave it but
4: gave it a five point two.
3: Yeah, I think that's a little Actually the IMDB though, that's actually kinda high for IMDB because I've seen yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen good movies on there get like a three point five before. So Yeah. Right.
2: right. I tend that's why I tend not to go with critics.
4: <laughs> you Dude. know, and it well, was it, funny. Uh, Bill talked about uh, you know, nostalgia and all that stuff. And I know you guys just talked about this movie, but the movie, The Final Girls.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep,
4: absolutely.
3: Great film
2: that we're not talking about tonight.
3: (laughs) No, 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 but it it is a great movie. And it has (laughs) that. Because Ryan's
4: a dick, and I wanted to bring it up.
3: (laughs) And it taps into that in a different way. Uh, The cool thing about The Final Girls, for anyone who's listening to this who is kind of looking for movies to be able to show. A younger horror fan, I think the Final Girls is really does fit well into that because it is a PG thirteen, yet it I plays with all with the it, tropes. Yeah. It's a great sort of inroad because you could see that one first, and then it doesn't take anything away from all the Friday the 13ths and the burnings that are out there. Right. And it's pretty heartfelt. Like, I mean, honestly, I you know uh, where it goes, it gets kind of poignant in places. So
4: yeah, and and it pretty much p- plays homage to all those films.
0: Yeah. And I want to know, who has a 45 of Demon Inferno? Demon Inferno. Oh, my
3: God. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to go with a 6 out of 10, too. There's something to be said when these movies are made. When you have an indie movie... And you have someone who just makes a movie like they're never going to make another movie, you know. Which is right. what they. Oh, did. And, right. yeah. and guess what? They're they're in the midst of pre production of the barn 2. But they probably yeah. didn't know that. They probably and weren't I even sure they wait. were going to be able to finish the barn one when they were making this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that may explain the abruptness. You know, back in the eighties, you made a movie until you couldn't make it anymore. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Um, I would
4: give this movie a seven out of ten, um, just because of the halloween aspect of it um i i just love the way they told that story
3: yeah if there's anyone listening to this and you are like a big hardcore halloween fan you're always looking for oh, another halloween movie to watch at halloween and unfortunately you know there really aren't as many out there as there should be no, Do look not. this one up do check it out because you're gonna get your your enjoyment level will be about doubled you know just by that fact because I've seen many of many high budget movies that set their movie in Halloween, and they don't make use of the holiday. And this one totally does. You get those yeah. vibes from beginning to end. I love that even early shot that was rem- again. You know, we talk about homaging things. The them walking right in front of the moon, cheesy looking shot, but you get that Halloween three season of the witch, just what it felt like as a kid walking across these fields and stuff, or you know, depending on how depending on how far you had to go to get your candy. Yeah. Oh yeah.
4: All I got to say about this
3: is trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> trick or treat. And Ryan, not, how about you? Not, Your rating? For yeah, I,
2: I, think, I think six out of ten is a good rating for that one for me. I, and, and it, it was um, I was surprised by it. Um, JTA has actually been telling me about that movie for a while. I just hadn't had a chance to check it out. And then whenever we decide we're going to do this, I was like, awesome. I'll finally get a chance to sit down and um, watch it. And uh, it's actually really good. I, six out of ten is perfect for me
3: yeah I a, a good call and I was a little nervous going into it, but I was pleasantly surprised pretty quickly in and I you know I was like, hey this is this is fun. It had me smiling the whole time.
4: And I kind of knew that going into it. I was like, ah, I know that this is a B-rated film, but I think you guys will, will enjoy it.
3: Well, and that's kind of the theme tonight, so I'm gonna turn it over to Bill <laughs> to to share with us the movie he picked that was kind of the start of this whole thing in terms of kind of where, where we ended up going with it as we picked our movies. Bill, take it away.
0: Take it away. Well, to, to put a little, pull the veil back a little bit, I have a folder in my bookmarks that anytime I'm on 2B Prime or one of the free networks, and it looks interesting, I just put it into my VOD roulette folder. So this was one of those. I probably got 150 of them, and I kind of looked at the cover.
4: You guys have done this before?
0: <laughs> Perhaps, I'm oh, going to make you watch that Roger Corman film about the Viking women. Oh, we're having you guys back oh, to oh, do dude, this I'll again play. sometime. This uh, DVD
3: roulette—it's fun. <laughs> yes, uh...
0: I think you will just get that. You'll get that open invitation to the room, kind of like you know, back in the day at the video store, you could go to the horror movie and then right beside it is the porno, and it was like those cowboy doors that opened. Yeah, in who gave <laughs> what you what an of, invitation to that, Bill? If someone gave you
4: an open invitation, <laughs> that's you know, not how I that works we really miss the the whole video store aspect i mean yeah. it, you know you don't kids today don't get that you know you don't get that enjoyment of walking into a video store and finding that horror section with all those obscure vhs tapes that you just got to check out you know
3: well right or the 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 pure joy of driving 45 minutes sometimes because you were after that one specific movie that came out but so was everybody else so you drive uh, three different yeah, videos you, you know that blood sucking freak yeah
0: or, or or the game you play where you might like this movie you might not so you stick it behind some Roseanne Barr movie or something yeah, so you yeah, come yeah, back yeah, to it yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh, well, yes. Now, now, we're, yes. getting because, now like, we're getting ahead of ourselves because two of the movies tonight are movies I saw exactly that way via <laughs> the, the, the good old
1: video store. And one of them is
3: Bill's movie.
0: <laughs> so I have a whole folder of these, and this was literally one that I randomly stuck in that folder, and I pulled out, I opened up the folder, and I'm like, okay, Shackma, sure, whatever. And little did I realize, I'll let Nathan reveal the significance of it, but he later told me, and I'm like, it could have easily just been any other movie, but this is the one. So it was, des- it was destiny, it was fate that we were to watch this. And the movie is 1990s movie called Shachma, Shakma, S H A K M A, also known as Panic in the Tower. <laughs> so it's direct. It's directed, yeah, like it's kind of like Panic in the Tower
3: is what it would have been called in the EC Car comics where it featured, you know, (laughs) if it was a short story.
0: (laughs) and, and, And to be honest, I don't even know if it was a tower, but that's beside the point. It was directed by Tom Logan starring Hugh Parks, and they had uh, and Hugh Parks. Together, they directed Dream Trap and The Vampire Wars. If that means anything to you, it doesn't to me. Uh stars Christopher Atkins, who you will probably know from The Blue Lagoon, the pirate movie. And he, I was looking him up. He still acts to this day. Mm-hmm. So good for him. <clears throat> so who knows what oh, he's taking wife. on.
4: Honey, come in here. Come look at this guy. Do you
0: recognize him? <laughs> <laughs> She's no, like, it is not, it, it is not Val Kilmer. Are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> it has Amanda Weiss. I think her name is Amanda Weiss. She was on TV show Highlander. She's on CSI and in the movie Silverado. And Ari Myers, who as soon as I saw her, go, I know her. Ah, she was one of the girls on Kate and Allie. Yeah. Definitely. And she was an author, author, and the one and only Roddy McDowell. Oh, so, Roddy McDowell. Rust- roddy mcdowell needs no introduction i'm gonna no. if yep. you don't know who roddy mcdowell is go back watch about 10 films and then come back
4: roddy right. mcdowell is in one of my favorite movies the legend of hell house
0: yes yes such a good movie
2: well another roddy thing McT- amanda weiss um or weiss however you say it she was also in nightmare on elm street
3: yep. yeah yeah that's <laughs> oh, oh it was okay. funny
2: as we were watching
4: these I texted everybody. I was like, oh, my God, it's Tina.
3: <laughs> but it was just randomly, like weeks later, yeah. suddenly there's just a text. message. Was, was like, oh, my what? God, it's Tina. I was like, is this like Napoleon Dynamite? Eat the ham, Tina. I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> but then so, then I thought about I it. I was s- like,
0: oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, it makes sense. So the IMDb synopsis is, uh, I'm just going to say, a wild animal attacks people trapped in a large tower. Yeah. Could you be any more vague? Wow. Is that really it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's what it says. They're, so here's what They I, sustain the here's, surprises. Here's what I said. I said, at a medical facility, a baboon is injected with an anti-aggression serum created by Roddy McDowell's character, Dr. Sorensen. So there's this medical uh, department. I, I'm not sure if it's a hospital or if it's just a teaching hospital. But it's all these young students, young, I say early 20s, learning their craft. And after a day's work, most of these people are in their early 20s. And Roddy McDowell is kind of the head professor, lead surgeon. And Who they was play a game. not in early 20s? Who is <laughs> not in, oh no, he might remember the 1920s, but he's not in his early 20s. <laughs> they play a, a really weird game. And it's kind of a combination of hide-and-seek, dungeons-and-dragons, and find the proper room. Because you got to go to these rooms. It's not really explained. you got to go to these rooms and find clues and deal with keys and the like. But it's apparently pretty It's popular. like the crappiest LARPing game I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of when people play hide-and-seek at Ikea.
3: Like that kind of That's a thing people do, Bill. Yeah. It's a Canadian game.
0: Well, I remember, <laughs> so- <laughs> I kill you. So they do this, and but at the um, hospital there is a monkey, a baboon called Shakma, who got quite aggressive, and was supposed to be put down by Christopher Atkins' character, but he put his needle into the wrong vial, and it merely stunned him, as opposed to. Euthanizing him, so guess what? Shakma comes back to life, dun, dun. and Shakma is on the prowl in this attack in the panic in the tower. <laughs> so you you eventually get you know some kills, people go down one by one. Essentially, it becomes an animal attack survival film. Now, what I found totally hilarious—I don't know about you guys—the monkey is not entirely believable. I I really got the impression that they were just putting something to his feet to make him jump, but he was a lot of fun. He wasn't yeah. scary in the least bit, oh, yeah. but but he was he was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was it was, a, it was a very early '90s feel to it, and you it felt like 1988, 1991. Like yeah. it was of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but but I also got a little bit of a vibe from that movie, Visiting Hours.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: With, with Michael Ironside, where they're kind of playing peekaboo down the hallway, that's yeah. kind of what I got out of that. It relies heavily on a synth-driven soundtrack, which I don't know if that's a theme <laughs> for today's episode. And and I don't know about you guys either, but I found it slightly awkward, where Aerie Myers plays, I don't know, I'm going to guess 16-year-old, who's got a crush on Christopher Atkins, who at the time I'm guessing is... Probably playing a character twenty-three, but probably towards the later twenties of his own. The romance angle made me feel kind of creepy watching it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a little, little weird. cringy. Yeah, it's a little. She's wearing kind of these quasi-revealing.
3: I dream a genie outfit, and I was like, I, I don't know. She's yeah. dressed for the LARP, I guess. I don't know what that <laughs> – uh, what was going on there. If She's supposed to be like a sorcerer. I didn't know what was going on. Or it I, was yeah. just weird. I think it was like save
2: the princess type situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we kind of talked about that too in another movie that we all love, uh, Poltergeist. Um, oh, as far yeah. as having the aspect of, you know, kind of feeling awkward about it, like with the part whenever the daughter just goes outside on her bike and the construction guys are all like whistling at her and like yeah. – She's 14 or 15 years old, dude. What are you talking about, bro? I mean,
0: I mean to me, ultimately, this becomes a survival film. Who's going to make it? Who doesn't? I didn't find there was enough action or blood. Despite the fact that many people do die, there aren't a lot of graphic scenes in it. Uh, there's not a lot of action. There's a lot of monkey jumping around, and then you see blood splashed against the wall. Mm. You don't see a lot of actual attacks for an animal attack film. I it, It's kind of caught between that it's not good, But it's not quite a so bad. It's good. Yeah, it's kind of in that in that murky middle. I give it a five out of ten. But you could do worse, but you could do better. Yeah, yeah.
2: I um with this one for me um, I kind of like uh I kind of like the way with the baboon like a baboon in real life is terrifying. If you ever watch them like fight each other, like just the way their fur is up top and how it like when they go to attack how it. They look pretty damn scary. It
3: bristles, yeah. It's,
2: uh... Yeah, you know how it moves. And um that I think they kind of caught that pretty good in this movie. Um the aspect of for me just I had to go into it and think about it, like, oh, if I was getting attacked by a freaking animal, you know, how how freaking terrifying would that be? Um and um they picked a perfect animal. A baboon is a perfect animal to have in a movie like that because they are terrifying. But um it did have that good, it had that 90s feel to it, to me, 100%. You're right, you hitting the nail on the head with that one. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd probably give this one a uh, 4.5 or 5 out of it. You know, you, like you said, it's could do better, but it was still a good movie.
4: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I, I enjoyed this film. I really, <laughs> Nathan, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm going to bring this up, but. I lo- I really love Nathan's description of this movie. It's basically a baboon running around hump- humping a doorway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's-, I, That's a great
4: funny. scene. That's a great scene. I I, I was rolling through my uh, <laughs> through my messages here, and I was trying to find exactly what you said there, but That's about yeah, let right. me giggle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I honestly, I thought this movie was really kick-ass. I mean, it, it just, I had never heard of this, and whenever I sat down to watch it, I was like, ah, I don't really know what I'm in for. Um, but the way they filmed this movie, I mean, they did an exceptional job on this. They really did. I mean, from all the different camera angles they used and in the monkey itself, um, just a really cool film, Bill.
3: Yeah, I like well, it. Well, thank you for my random to be selection. So Bill put... Picks this this movie, and I haven't heard about it in years, but I did remember going to the video store and renting this movie in the mid-90s, and come back, and we would do like a Friday night movie night, and watch it with the family, and yeah, in my house, this was a family film, (laughs) And, (laughs) uh, and this is probably on the milder side, to be honest, but man, I remember enjoying the heck out of it when we all watched it together, because it... There isn't, you know, you say you could do better and you could do worse, but we're in the in the field of movies featuring primates that aren't <laughs> hanging off of the Empire State Building, it's hard to find good ones. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. I mean you have what? You have Monkey Shines, you have Link, and uh, oh, if I'm I mean, I love Romero, but if I'm being honest, I like this movie better than those. Um, I the the choice to use the real baboon and use it most of the time is both sort of mm-hmm. a yeah, uh, it's a positive and a negative because I think it's yeah. a negative. They using the real one. And then i uh, sure they have props. I see a picture on IMDb with a guy has a bloody looking baboon puppet on the end of a stick. Mm. <laughs> the, uh you know, that was obviously the kind of special effects they were dealing with here. So you don't get it to really bloody and the scenes where it's jumping on someone. It looks like someone's being attacked by an evil toupee or something, you know. Right. It's like sort of they're <laughs> holding it and flopping around. But that kind of adds, again, adds to the charm. I think the ambience of that tower building and that kind of lonely feel. Shockman is kind of actually, it feels more like a slasher film. That just happens to have this animal in it than it does, in terms of its structure, than it does, say, an animal attack movie. You know what I mean? Everyone sort of yeah. breaks off on their own, is taken out one by one. I, I'm a little surprised that this monkey's able to kill as many people. That's it ultimately yeah, Well,
0: is. I, I kept wondering they're they're in great fear of this monkey. It's only what a foot and a half tall. Like,
3: yeah yeah. But I'm, tell- tall, yeah.
0: Dude,
2: what I'm tell- hey man, I am telling you, I'm they're mess-
3: aggressive. They're ferocious. Yeah, they are very.
2: It's a, it, well, think about it. look look at a wolverine. How how big is a wolverine or a honey badger? And,
3: and you'd almost want this to be more uh, like wolverine those movies. You know, some cool. of the older films where they get stuck out and they're in an area where there's tons of baboons, you know, like the Sands of Kilimanjaro or something like that, uh-huh. but in a film like this, you've got just the one, but that monkey just hauling that ass down the, down the yeah. hallway and, and yeah. slamming him against the doors and screeching and screaming, I mean, there's something to be said for that, it feels very unique, it feels very fun, Ronnie McDowell's kind of phoning it in here, uh, I oh, think, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't get involved enough, I think, when I read the back of this box, though, and had this, I, the, the, the element, the way it was pitched, much better than the IMDb synopsis, is these kids get together to play a fantasy role-playing game in an old, like, uh, co- uh, like tower complex, and there's a killer baboon on the loose. Yeah. That the, yeah. when that the movie that pops into my mind features that role-playing game a lot more in a more like successful way. I think if they leaned in that ambiance, if know almost like. You get to see more of that imagination, you know. Imagine these people playing this game where they're hunting these imaginary creatures, and this thing is running loose in there with them. I think that angle should have been played up a lot more. It, yeah. Is yeah. it a great movie? I no, it's not. But I and yes, I admit the nostalgia lens glasses were on for this one. And rewatching it, I kind of connected right back to that. I told my my brother, I was like, "Hey, go to <laughs> go check out Shockman. Remember this movie?" And I had I had fun with it again though. And I have to say, I still think. Uh, even if you, if you've never seen it, you can have fun. You have to take it as a '90s thriller. It's not uh, exceptionally creepy, but I love that they have that real baboon that he's he's running up and he's he, he creates a certain amount of energy when he attacks. I give this one a six, honestly. I had a really fun time with it. Still, uh, you have to take it for what it is, but I think you can. I think you can enjoy it. Oh
4: yeah, definitely. You know, and in, in for me. You know, this movie was directed by Hugh Parks and Tom Logan. And those two guys are, are not, uh, they're not famous by no means. But they, they've they got some other B-grade B horror, you know, in their list. But the way they film this, um, you know, the long cut scenes down the hallway and the way they the way they pushed you towards the incinerator in that film was just, I don't know. Yes. I think they did a really good job with it. I think I I honestly, I would give this movie probably a seven out of 10. You know, I really enjoyed it. I, I honestly, no offense guys. Out of the movies we picked, it was probably one of the better ones I watched.
2: Definitely better than yours, Noah. Uh, well, <laughs>
4: just <playing> you know, <laughs> I just, I really enjoyed the cinematography of it, the uh, the actors. I mean, you've got uh, Akins from Blue Lagoon, and you've got Weiss from, from Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I, you know, did they play a huge part in this film? Well, yeah, I mean, they were the main actors, but it really had nothing to do with their other films. I just really liked the way they filmed those.
0: Yeah, I, I was just reading in the trivia, the the baboon was played by another... Typhoon. <laughs> Typhoon. Typhoon was also played the baboons in The Fly in 1986. Oh, it's nice. cool. Now, that's nice. cool. Those are famous, Jeff but like Bart the Bear. And, uh, Gina Davis. Yeah. 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 Mm-mm. Well, and so there you go. There's there's a little bit of IMDb
3: trivia. Yeah, there you go. And then really, like, if you think about this, Shakma's kind of the hero, right? He's, <laughs> that, he's, he's playing his own little LARP through. It's not really his fault. They're the ones who locked him in that cage. And he is. Honestly, just,
4: by the end of this film, you feel sorry for him.
3: Yeah, I think you do, and I and I and he's enough front and center, and you're just waiting to see him again. So it's just that fun popcorn kind yep. of feel. Yep. Uh, and again, could it be you talk about movies that I'd be interested in seeing if you got the right person attached to it? I'd love to see a remake of this, but oh, with the yeah. caveat that you can't use a CGI baboon.
0: Right, yeah, right, could, exactly. could, could, could you see like Rob Zombie shot? Oh, God. How dare zombie you? Zombie I want to see
3: the Grandma del Toro one where he plays <laughs> up the, the, yeah. the RPG thing and even shows them imagining in their minds until this thing jumps out of a closet and eats their face. Or um, Quentin
2: Tarantino. <laughs>
3: Quentin <Tarantino's, laughs> I'd Shut like up. to see James
4: Wan do this. Oh, yeah, I mean, be, you could have a cool.
3: lot of fun with this. It's a, it's a unique <clears> idea <throat> done in a reasonably entertaining way.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna say, who's the
3: director from Parasite?
4: I really wanted this monkey to climb to the top of the tower, though.
3: <laughs> <laughs> little, you right. You did, you do see a lot of baboon butt in this. Uh, yeah, you more <laughs> flared buttholes than I needed to see in this sort of. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's
2: a good thing you don't have your camera on right now. Right. Exactly.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
4: or your camera. Planned I guess. Buttholes but not <laughs> flared right now. Okay. But.
3: I give this movie three flared buttholes, yeah but, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway in the in the video rental jamboree, shock was you know there i don't know about the video stores um that you guys went to. I had kind of like one of those mom and pop shops, and I ended up actually working in a video store for a while in the in the late nineties early uh early two thousand yeah uh, yeah early two thousands but the there was a place. When we were kids, in the middle of the video store you'd have this big bin and it was like the like movies that you could rent for like a dollar for five nights or something. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It was like the the discount. Yeah, this is the
4: crappy movie bin.
3: Right. And so Shock Mo, and not to say crappy movies, it was the ones that people weren't like, you know, there's thirty five copies of, you know, Batman Returns or whatever sitting up there on the wall right. or, or Terminator Two, and you know who's and Nathan was like, oh crap! There's a Shockman here, right? Exactly. I walk past a Terminator and go over to the bin, and here's Shockman. And then the other movie, my the movie I picked, which I picked because Bill shows me Shockman, I'm looking through two and I'm like, wait a minute, this movie, this other movie is finally available, which is the Willies from 1990, and that was another movie. Uh, I did. I didn't rent the same exact night as Shagma, but that same that same year in in the in 1990 or 1991, I distinctly remember finding that movie, never having heard of it ever before, and and renting it. And uh, you know, it's funny. We picked this these movies about a month ago when we were planning to do this episode, and since then, you know, Land of the Creeps, uh, Bill came out with an episode talking about. uh, anthology films and Greg, yeah, Greg and Pearl. Greg and Greg, Greg and Pearl reviewed this, and Greg and Pearl really liked this. Film. Yeah, they reviewed yeah. this. They reviewed another one I pulled out of that bin called Grim Prairie Tales that I recommend. As that one's got, uh, it's got uh, James Earl Jones and Brad Dourif as the stars, and uh, it's it's definitely worth seeing. It's also an anthology, but The Willies is directed by Brian Peck. We'll keep going yeah, with the- it.
4: It was a month ago that we picked these movies, and if we would have known. We're the pick better movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See that's the, just you, you, just kidding. You have you have now entered the zone the of zone. VOD roulette. VOD roulette is wild and wacky the and the whole point of this is not to pick
3: movies that are too good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, Nathan,
4: <laughs> next time you do this, you need to give us some uh,
0: some leeway here. I mean. No, you the beauty is don't here, do do not think too hard. Point, pick, and go. Yes. Well
3: that's that's what Bill likes to do. It's normally what we do sometimes <laughs> is we pick them for the, the next show, like if we're gonna have somebody back. So what we'll do, we won't pick any at the end of this, but we're gonna, you know, uh we have a, a, a a guest that we're going to bring on for an upcoming episode. But at the end of this, I'll send you guys away. We can come back maybe late April, if you want to come back again, and then nice. give that you a whole month like to pick new movies. Yeah, so
0: yeah, there we go. Um, and I, I will put zero thought. And into this time it. you can
3: pick whatever. <laughs> yeah. As he always does. Uh, and you, you
2: can, <laughs> and everything.
3: But the beauty, the beauty of this, to, uh, to Bill's credit here, the beauty is we kind of try to pick movies. We either haven't seen in a long time or that we had never seen. And it's trying to figure out, Maybe you'll find a little gem, you know. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, far, yeah. I mean, you know, we 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 liked the barn. You know, now we know a movie named Shockma exists. You guys know a movie named Shockma exists. <laughs> I've known it for right. thirty years. But uh, the uh, back to the Willies. <laughs> Our summary here: uh, two brothers camping with their cousin try to frighten each other by telling stories. There are two main narrations: one involving strange happenings in an elementary school; the other, a teenage boy with a peculiar interest. And <laughs> Right off the bat, there goes Bill giggling, right off the bat, we've got – it's an anthology. I think it's safe to say up front that this is um, more of a kids' horror film uh, in yeah. the 90s. This is what passed for family-friendly, although when you watch it now, I watch this with my kids, and uh, my wife was not amused because of, some of, <laughs> because of some of the scenes in here. The tone of this, one of the kind of things that you sort of can appreciate about this is now – uh when we we try to do these sort of um kind of scary movies for kids we end uh, you know they end up being kind of toothless sometimes or we try to kind of not you know you, they're not really trying to make horror for kids and think about what kids really like to see in horror and the willie sort of does that it feels like it was almost pulled out of like a 9 10 11 year old like uh horror fan's brain in some way mm-hmm. you know it's a PG-13 movie yeah, see, and yes
2: uh, I oh go ahead go ahead I was going to say, you know, this movie for me, actually, I I actually like this movie a lot. Um, It kind of gave me, um, I know it's more, like you said, kind of oriented around kids and what they would think, you know. But uh, for me, it kind of gave me a little bit of that um, Tales from the Crypt vibe um, or Tales from the Dark Side. Like the anthologies that... um, uh, it just really gave me those vibes because I remember back when I used to watch, and I probably shouldn't have. Now that I think about it because I went back and I went back and watched. <laughs> I, went back and watched uh, I went back and watched Tales from the Crypt uh, series because you could literally find them on YouTube. Yep. Um, so I went back and started watching those. You know, while I'm doing dishes, I will watch a few episodes or something. You know. Video. And uh, <laughs> this kind of reminded me of that. Just the way, I guess, maybe it's just because the cameras they used back then. And the way it looked, um, and things like that. But uh, I really enjoyed the wheelies. Um, it's uh, a <laughs> yeah, you know, like you said, what was considered kid appropriate back then <laughs> is yeah, totally different. Now. <laughs> different now. Even though I allow my, children, my my boys love like scary horror movies. My four year old, my my seven year old now. But when he was four, he wanted Annabelle creation for his birthday. So. <laughs> so Ryan bought it for him, and my, I and he got it for his
3: birthday. My my daughter turned Great. seven last week, and her her requested movie to watch for her birthday was and it, which is on St Patrick's Day was Leprechaun, and we did. Ah, oh, so. nice, <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she loved we, it. We you know, just watched. A lot that. of people
4: don't know Leprechaun. Jennifer Aniston's. Uh,
3: yes, yeah, girl. she's not she's not proud of it. She's dressed not to tell a lot no, of people about not. that. But mm-hmm. but with the Willies, one of the things. I remember seeing this, and at the time we rented it, even then, uh, again, because we're seeing movies at the same time, like Chakma and whatnot, you know, and pretty much all the other horror movies that were releasing around that time. Uh, we were already, uh, myself and my siblings, were watching stronger horror movies than The Willys, but we still oh, yeah. had that appreciation for 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 what's going on here. And you're right, it's a... It is an anthology. It's aimed a little bit younger, but it can be enjoyed, I think, by a, a, a wide swath of horror fans. And here's something, here's how I kind of feel about it, and I felt about it at the time. Two years ago, when Guillermo del Toro produces Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the movie, and it mm. comes out. Now, I enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed the designs of the creatures. I enjoyed the, again, some great uh, Halloween ambiance in that film, and they kind of set it in the 60s. Have you guys seen the movie? Oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, really enjoyed, enjoyed it. Percent. But the one thing that really kind of disappointed me, and I, I kind of put that disappointment aside, and I can set the movie over here and say, hey, I really think this was a good movie. But I wanted it to be that anthology feel and delve into those urban legends and have more of a sort of um, – creepy. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, like a creep show vibe or a vibe of throwing all these things at the wall and seeing what sticks. When you're dealing with urban legends, you almost have to be a little bit messy. You have to be a little bit, uh, you know, by the seat of your pants, a little inappropriate, a little kind of goofy. And the willies in this early going before the, the two main stories start the first about five or 10 minutes. So another thing we didn't mention is, you know, this cast here, you have uh, Joshua, John Miller and Sean Aston. He's not in a large role. You have James Karen from return of the living James Dead.
1: Karen And
3: He's I love, I love seeing him James here. Karen. And you've got, uh, well, oh, what's her name? Who plays the teacher in the bad app? Oh, yeah, game. the old teacher. Yeah, the one's like Miss Titmarsh. And the one guy, the one kid says, I mean, Where I mean, is the Miss old boob swamp? Right. But oh, yeah. uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, but, I was gonna say, is the, the
0: Titmarsh was she the one that was in the Blues Brothers?
3: Yes, I believe so. Yeah,
0: yes. and she was in the Blues Brothers, she played the penguin. Yeah, slapping yeah. slapping him with the ruler. Yeah. Yes, yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> and she's about she's about the same here. And what's interesting though is there's all these weird little cameos throughout the throughout the um, film. And uh, Bill Irwin shows up as an old guy riding a roller coaster. You have Dana Ashbrook shows up. And, like, just for a scene, like, he's just there. And Twin Peaks would have been big at the time. Kimmy Robertson, also from Twin Peaks, is in, like, within about three or four seconds of seeing Ashbrook, she he she shows up as the lady who's uh, operating the ride where this guy dies. And they just start, they, right off the bat, these kids are telling these gross, what's grosser than gross stories, you know? So now I got yeah, my yeah. kids yeah. running around saying stuff like, what's grosser than gross? You know, five dead, is it one dead puppy in, uh, in ten barrels? <laughs> <laughs> <or> <laughs> the puppies and, barrel, yeah. and that kind of oh, yeah. stuff and so they we, we get to hear a lot of that now
0: but I but, was, that, but it's funny when I was watching the story about the old guy at the amusement park I said Bill Irwin and I know him and I couldn't place him and I go Seinfeld yep, yep. And yeah that's the episode <laughs> where they go back to the old age home
3: yeah and it's H- so H- like H- he's here for H- a few H- minutes you've got the classic like when I was a kid I used to love uh, the, an author Daniel Cohen he had a whole series of books about urban legends and stuff and mm-hmm. so Cohen's books and of course Alvin Schwartz who did scary stories to tell in the dark for me a lot of this movie felt closer to the spirit of are you I mean of scary stories to tell in the dark than the new yeah. movie did in terms of its actual content. Like, if you yes. were a kid that read those books and liked those weird illustrations, and I had a book that Daniel Cohen wrote called "Southern Fried Rat" and other gruesome tales. Oh, I remember that. And it yeah. had the chicken box on the front of it with the the yeah. back hind cores, the rat hanging out of it. Yeah, we could. I did. We should do a whole episode on Daniel Cohen. It, that, it'd be great. He's uh, oh, yeah. he has so many books. I got, recently got a copy of his Encyclopedia of Monsters for my kids, but. That story, they do that story, and the lady eating the fried rat. They like, yeah. do it perfectly, and I love how the camera just <laughs> slams in three or four times, you know? And then you have when I saw this movie, I couldn't find it for many years, and then I found it. It was playing somewhere, and when we watched it, I showed it to the kids. They had taken out the scene involving the poodle. There's a scene with the oh. lady, and the, that scene has yeah, clearly been microwave. restored on this version. The poodle in the microwave, pookums, you know? Yeah. Um, and every once in a while my kids will walk through and say, oh, poo comes. (laughs) I'm a little surprised that that scene is in there to begin with, but as a kid, it was kind of like When that opening sequence, because all we're talking about right now, guys, for people who haven't seen it, this is only like the first four or five minutes of the movie. They do all these little stories. They capture perfectly, you know, hey, uh, that that story was told to me by my sister's brother's cousin or something like that. And then I love it, Sean Asson's going to tell a story. And he goes, this isn't that one about when you and your friends found a shipwreck under the caves near your house is it <laughs> i was like okay well done yeah. but, uh, i was gonna say all, all i'll say
0: about the poodle is at one point it reminded me of a scene in gremlins Oh yeah. Uh, yeah well that's pretty <laughs>
3: Then that a lot of sophistication to yeah. the poodle scene you see where it's going it goes there and then it goes out uh my <laughs> the whole time says,
2: i'm sitting there i'm sitting there thinking i'm like is this lady really going to put her damn poodle in a microwave
3: <laughs> and it's like you put it in there for like three minutes okay <laughs> it's like a 3 <laughs> I minutes but then all of it just like it's like there's no reaction and suddenly there's one reaction you know it's like it's yeah. like nothing happens <laughs> yeah. and then everything happens and yeah. uh, wow but
4: you know and that's one thing that was really cool about this is how they did those little short stories at the beginning yeah to kind of gear you into what they're getting ready to do to you
3: and then then you have you almost feel like we could have had one more story because then you get yeah. two big stories, and I almost, I didn't, I know we would have probably exhausted ourselves having like 30 or 40 of those little pieces like that, but I wouldn't have minded maybe shorter segments um, with with a little bit more variety. Uh, the first, now the two right. stories, The Bad Apples involves a kid who's being bullied, James Caron is the janitor at the school, and... He's kind of telling the kid you really gotta defend yourself. And these kids are just merciless to him. I mean, they're really little jerks. Like they, you know, it, to the point of what they're doing is like it's 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 gone it's gone well beyond the mark. The school is like, where are, where is everybody? Like the principal shows yeah, exactly. up after the kid's been tied from the rafters. Why Miss Titmarsh is still even at this school is anyone's <laughs> business because she's just a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. And then you and have, have this Go and ahead. have the story of this creature that this boy sees in the bathroom, and that's really where you get that Tales from the Dark Side vibe, Ryan. Like, yes. That creature yeah. in the closet, that episode that Tom Zavini directed. This, and it's a kind of a cool-looking creature, you know? And it's kind of puppet-like, this one in this movie. But I kind of like, you know, he's in this this uh, dirty, dirty bathroom stall. I mean, this is the grossest, one of the most gross bathroom stalls I've ever seen, even before you put the monster <laughs> in it. And he's got uh, I kind was of 1st foot
0: toilet And Nathan, having done the Harryhausen, would you consider this
3: claymation? No, I think he's definitely some sort of a puppet, but he has that, almost that quality. Like, there's something about him that feels, like, he doesn't look like a guy in a suit exactly. He feels otherworldly. Like, he achieves almost the same thing, although I think he is just some sort of a puppet, but... He's. um, I think they do a nice job for a movie that they clearly didn't have a lot of budget. I love this first story. It's kind of mean-spirited, too, honestly, but that's okay. You know, it, it feels very Tales from the Crypt where the people who do bad things kind of get their comeuppance. So... And what a killer Iron Maiden T-shirt! The kid oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah,
1: that, yeah. that was <laughs> awesome.
3: And they kept putting it like it front and center so you can see that. And then Clue Gallagher has a small role here. He walks into the bathroom at one point, then kind of walks back. He's a principal, yep. I guess, doing absolutely nothing as far as I can tell.
4: And-, <laughs> so, and if you guys don't know, Nathan has already mentioned two of the guys, uh, James Karen and Clue Gallagher, uh, who were in. Return of the Living Dead. Yep. Now, he was... That a lot of people may not know, the director of this film actually played one of the zombies in Return of the Living Dead.
0: Now, that I did he not know. a zombie named Scuzz. <laughs> I didn't realize Gallagher was also in A Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the original. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't. And and Puppet Master Five. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> that makes all the difference in the world. Right? Now, that, that, now, now that I know that. that.
3: <laughs> well, and I think the the reason Gallagher may have ended up in Puppet Master Five, this is all this random knowledge is coming out, is that the director I think of Puppet Master 4 and Five uh had done a movie earlier. I saw it under the name Offspring, but it was another movie that Greg and Pearl just reviewed called From a Whisper to a Scream. But Vincent Price and Luke Gallagher was in one of those segments, also right. involving a weird little creature. Um, oh, yeah. Now, the, the where the movie kind of slows down or sags a little for me this time, I think I still enjoyed it as a kid, was we get to the second segment that has Michael Bauer in it. And like at, he's been in plenty of stuff since, but at the time, I knew Michael Bauer as most Kids who probably saw the movie in the '90s did from uh, playing Donkey Lips on Salute Your Shorts, and I don't know if anybody <laughs> here remembers that, no. show. <laughs>
2: no, remember that show. I don't I remember. I don't remember.
3: Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it was. We were like <laughs> it's Donkey Lips. That was his character's <laughs> donkey name. Lips. The the '90s and the '80s were not kind to fat children, and uh, <laughs> and here he plays a kid named Gordy Belcher. It's in the same kind of category. Here's what's really weird about this. So Gordy Belcher has this weird fascination with flies, and he also is a jerk. And this one does really does feel like Tales from the Crypt or something. Because yeah. he takes these flies and in an incredibly creepy scene, he has them like He's killing them, and he's put them in this weird little dioramas. He has a crucified fly. Like <laughs> this little kid seems like he's growing up to be a sociopath. Like he, this is the one <laughs> little girl that seems to show him any sort of interest at all, he bakes a cookie with flies in it for her. Well, I, I'm, he, I was sitting there wondering, does he want to get laid? She was, ac-
0: <laughs> she, she was actually talking to the guy, and uh, it's the most disgusting uh,
3: cookie. It's, uh, right, and there's this this weird kind of subplot that you clearly I is supposed to, to be. Laid. The A story, if you will, or where it's going. You know, it's the creep show or Tales from the, the Crypt element, which is the next door neighbor, the creepy farmer guy, is growing this fertilizer. It's supposed to make everything gigantic. And yeah. the weird the thing about this episode is it's I headed towards that ending. That. And that ending's fine. And again, you <laughs> get kind of a moment where you're like, wow, that's a little darker than I was expecting for <laughs> the kind of movie this is supposed to be. <laughs> but it, it it's this episode seems to balance because Gordy belcher's such a little weirdo and they spend so much time with him being a little weirdo that the, 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 denouement with the, the, what happens isn't really built up much. You know, that's almost just tacked on. I'm sort of like, this is it. Like he, you know, he comes to a, you know, a reasonably bad end. I guess it's not an end, but he comes to a reasonably bad time. And but well, does it, it, it just felt like there was something else going on. Like they hit this weird, this creepy kid doing these creepy things with this messed up kind of relationship he has at home, and you're so interested in that that suddenly you're just like, I don't know. I didn't care as much about all the stuff involving the fertilizer. It either felt like it should have been shorter or longer.
2: Yeah. See, and like um, he was pick I I caught it. Uh, I caught it at the end when I seen what was going on because he was picking the legs and the the wings off of the yeah. flies.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so you I, have that basic. It, what comes yeah. around goes around kind of thing karma you
2: know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. karma comes back to bite him in his ass but, but it uh, seemed like a yeah.
3: huge setup for that payoff
2: <laughs> yeah oh yeah you're right you know um but again like we said this movie coming from that time is you know if for what it for what it is it's really i i love the atmosphere i'm huge on atmosphere yeah. and how it can make you feel nostalgic you know and it really had a great atmosphere to it you know
0: did you? Did you did, I was going to say, did, did you not get the uh, the feeling, I don't know, when I watched it, the, the kid, the, the, what was his name? Uh, Gordy. Belcher. Gordy Belcher. Did he not remind you of the kid in Stand By Me Who Ate the Pie? A
2: hundred percent it yeah. did. That's funny yeah. you said that because I told my wife that same freaking thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. And the other thing I love is Bill Irwin again. Not only was he in Seinfeld, but he was in the scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles when yep. they're on the airplane. Oh my God, that scene makes me laugh all the time. God rest his soul, John Candy. Oh my God, that is so funny.
3: What is he <laughs> say here? He's on the ride, and it's the episode. It's the sequence where it's about a, a person who actually was scared to death on a ride. And was he say, like, "I should have gone to the Enchanted Wiki Hut"? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but I do enjoy. I did enjoy this. I enjoyed the entire movie. And did you see the uh, the cameo from Christian superstar Kirk Cameron? Or he's, yes. on the, he's on the TV. The says, this is he's for a, you, Gordy yeah, Belcher. Yeah, flies over Gordy <laughs> Belcher. <laughs> well, how do they pull that? I mean, what, what was the thinking there, I guess? But I, I give this one a 7. I really enjoyed it still. It was a fun – it has those things that I – I would love to see someone do something more with this kind of urban – because when they, they approach urban legends, they very rarely get that right tone. And it has to be yeah. kind of like – you're in a you're in a, a tent at night. You're telling stories. There's a, something a little bit like kind of subversive about it. If you're a little kid, you're kind of telling a story that yeah, mom or dad probably wouldn't approve of this. And you know, the Willies has a little bit of that feel without it going too far.
2: Yeah, for for me, I mean, um, a movie can get a pretty good rating for me for nostalgic feelings. You know, that's a lot for me. If I can sit back and watch a movie and just enjoy it and not think about anything else but what I'm watching then that works for me. And I think for this one, I think you're about right. Seven seven out of ten is good for this one. It really gives me – I know it's weird. I say nostalgia, but this is the stuff I watched when I was growing up. So, um, yeah, seven out of ten is good for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I'll, give, I'll give this one a six, maybe even a six and a half. I, I can't quite get it to seven. But, again, it's one that – it's kind of caught in that it's not quite kid enough to be kid – but it's not quite adult enough to be adult it's kind yeah, of in that... yeah, I'll agree with you there
4: I think if so. if it was me, I'd have to give this movie a five um it it was cool, it was fun to watch, um but it just didn't grab me, you know, and that's what I really look for in movies is what's gonna grab me and you know keep me engaged the entire film, you know, gotcha.
0: I, like I would have really instead of the Gordy Belcher one being you know forty minutes or whatever, all I right. would have rather the amusement park one be longer,
3: yeah, well, I yeah. think they could have just given us another story, and I think that's the thing. Gordy right. Belcher honestly could have been uh maybe ten or fifteen minutes, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe if all the stories had been that length and just kept it very quick and with a, with a lot of the stories. It would have it would have had that more that urban legend feel. That's the other thing is the urban legend feel kind of falls off after the opening because these other stories are much more conventional, like the morality play, uh, EC horror comics. You know, they really are kind of right down that middle. Right, but yeah, yeah still, um, still, still a fun movie. So now we're going to wrap this all up with Ryan's movie, which was a movie when you uh, mentioned it, I. Looked at it, I w- I didn't recognize the title. I didn't really recognize the concept. And then when I watched the trailer, I was realizing I think I've seen this movie. But I think what had happened is I only saw the first ten or fifteen minutes of this movie, uh, fell asleep, and then for whatever reason, never went back to it. Oh. Not not for any reason like oh, Ryan I can't watch this a boring movie. movie. No, no, I don't mean since he <laughs> mentioned it years ago. Uh, wouldn't this come out like twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, somewhere around there? Maybe something like. Um, and I remember we rented 2014. it. 2014. Yeah, 2014. Okay, so I was watching it uh, back to back with we. It was Halloween. We had we had rented a Bone Tomahawk and we're watching oh, man, that man. one, which is an excellent movie. And then we there was another one called Hellions, which wasn't as good. It was a Halloween movie and. When those were done, we're like, oh, well, you know, it's only 2 a.m. Let's put another movie in And I think it was this movie. but And so for whatever reason, didn't find my way back to it. Take it away, Ryan.
2: So, yeah, this movie is uh, called Dark Was the Night. And um, I picked this movie because uh, for two reasons. I'm a huge uh, werewolf, uh, cryptid, um, but, you know, I, I like movies that are kind of into the into, into things like that. And this one isn't a werewolf, but it's something else. Uh but it really it really struck me. And then also the main actor in this, which is Kevin Durant, I love that guy. Yeah, I, he's I awesome. um I like he every time he's in something, he always plays a good character. Um you, you know, know I first got turned on to Kevin Durant and uh, the strain.
4: Which I don't know if you guys ever watched Oh, he's actually. good
3: in the strain. But, yeah, and it's funny. Um, Ryan's right. He plays. Maybe the better way to say it is Kevin Durant often plays interesting characters because good. Yeah. not always. The strain well, yeah, is and, interesting character. Yeah, the well, because I love a few cases where he's a hero in that one.
2: I yeah, love I loved him in um, Legion. Yes.
3: yes yeah. He he did, Ga- um, Gabriel. That's one
2: right? of. Yeah, he played Gabriel, and I actually that's a great movie that. We should, actually, we should do one time on the yeah. show.
4: He was actually in the uh, TV series of Swamp Thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he was and in I, 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 part I, of that,
0: I, too. I, I, w- I will throw it in there. He's from Thunder Bay, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: Nice. Well, there you go. And you
4: in plenty. Of,
3: yeah. You've seen him in plenty of movies where he plays the creature, too. He's another one almost like Ron Where Sometimes he's under all the makeup, you know. Or things yeah. like that, and I so, first saw him on Lost. I think he was on Lost. Uh,
2: see, I never watched
3: Lost. He was also in Vikings.
2: Yeah, know. he's just, he's just a great. He's a big guy. He's a he's big a great. Actor. And I said this in the movie great when I was watching actor. this movie. Me and my wife were watching. I'm like, he's a big guy, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh anyways, in this movie, um, he plays a sheriff. And like you said, I don't like the freaking synopsis they have in the on the IMBD. It's really short, and it's like. You know, an evil in a small town. where a logging evil unleashed in a small town, when a logging company sets up shop, it's like that could be okay, any damn anything. thing. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, um, yeah. so basically, this guy is a sheriff, and he's a beloved sheriff. Everyone in this in this town loves him. Mm,
4: I don't know that he's beloved. But
2: well, the, everyone in the town is because uh, the, they, they all respect him. But the reason why, you know. if you watch the movie, there's other things that go on. But like he, um, he's going through some things, and him and his wife are you know split they're going through some serious stuff some and you'll personal. you'll figure it out yeah. in the movie but uh he's trying to deal with that as well as dealing with as it said in the synopsis a logging company comes in and kind of stirs up some sh- some stuff in the woods well the cool thing about this movie is that it's a native american story so which i love um and you know there's native americans in the in the movie talking about what's going on so there, there's a rash of killings and people wind up missing and things going on. So they're like, uh, they're trying to figure out what it is. Right. Um, and the sheriff's trying to make sure he tells the people, it kind of gave me a little bit of a silver bullet vibe. Mm. Um, yeah. With the sheriff telling the townsfolk, calm down, we'll figure it out. You know, all that kind of jazz. Um, but I think that the way they filmed this movie um, when you watch it you'll understand there's a haze. and I say it's not, not really a haze I don't know how I would uh how I put it but the 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 lighting in this movie it's got a constant uh, grayness over it yeah. kind of there's a
3: murkiness blue. it's washed out it's got a kind of blue filter yeah. but it's intentional yeah. it's to make yes. you feel like the cold of winter or the dark of night that kind of thing
2: exactly right. exactly you know and um I love the story because this, I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and say it. The story is about a, it's a, it's a Wendigo story. Yeah. Yeah. And for us on this podcast, on the Horror Chronicles podcast, you know, we love that kind of cryptic stuff, especially with the Native American stuff, you know? And um, when I read that, I'm like, we got to, I'm going to check this one out. We talk about that stuff
4: all the time.
2: So, um, and again, the the great thing about this movie, the storyline, it really, it, once you figure out the storyline, it really grabs you. It keeps you held, and you figure out what's going on. Mm. And um, they did a great job by finding an actor that's gonna that draws people in.
4: Right, right. And, and the one big thing that that I really got from this is how they don't they don't show you everything up front. It, it it's really truly a mystery until you get to the end of the movie.
0: Well, the other beauty—the other beauty of this film—is the quality of the cast. Uh, Lucas Haas, who I know from Witness as the kid in Witness, but I mean, he was in Zoolander. He's been in a whole whack of stuff. A great horror
3: movie called The Lady in White from the '80s. Oh, The Lady in White. That's
0: right. Yeah. And the other actor in this that I love is Nick DeMicio. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yep. Nick Dimici from Stakeland, he was in late phases. Yeah, I didn't realize he wrote and acted in Mulberry Drive.
3: Mulberry Street, yep.
0: Or Mulberry Street, sorry, Mulberry right, Street. Right. So, and he's got a certain kind of swagger to him. He's got that kind of screen presence mm-hmm. where he wasn't in yeah. the film all that long, but you remember him.
3: Well, he's perfect yeah, for he this was, kind yeah, of movie where you're trying to the girl give girl the feeling of bar, these town people. The bar owner. Yeah.
0: Yeah. know the bar. Yeah. 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 But he's also a hunter. He's kind of—you're not quite sure if he's a good guy, he's a bad guy. Whose side right. he's on, but he's going to get you to where he's the vehicle that'll get you to the end of the film. Yeah,
4: absolutely, absolutely.
2: I really, and I I really love, you know, and it and it's different for, you know, us three, JT not included. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because he doesn't have because it. he doesn't have kids, but. If you're a parent, uh, it kind of affects you differently. You know yeah. what I mean? It's apparent that this movie will fuck you up.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. Sorry. Oh, oh.
3: And you drop the. Right. F- do worry <sighs> about it. I'll replace it with a windigo screech. Or um, <laughs> uh, what I'll replace it with is is JT's scream from earlier in the podcast.
2: Yeah, that probably blew your guys' eardrums out. Cause <laughs> they're they wearing.
3: <laughs> is that a button? Or are you actually doing that? Oh, that's me. That's and impressive. The, at,
2: all I got to do is insert my I'm finger. I'm a screen queen. The <laughs> I'm
4: like Linnea Quigley. Exactly. Like I could tell, but, um, <laughs> exactly yeah. like. wait till you see what I do with this. Uh, <laughs> um, so. But
2: anyways, um, no, we're, we're going back to where I was at about being a parent. <laughs> I feel like a parent right now.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got to keep me in line,
2: but, uh, but no, um, it, it drew the story really drew me in, um, with what was going on, uh, and hit in the sheriff's personal life, you know? Um, and, uh, then he's also trying to figure out what the hell is going on in this town. He's hearing yeah. stories from like, you know, um, Earl, which is played by Nick that you guys were just talking about. Nick the Mika. Uh, he, uh, or Demise, I even pronounce that. But, anyways, he was telling them, you know, his grandpa used to tell him, his daddy's used to tell him stories about mm-hmm. the woods and things like yeah. that and what's going on. And what's cool about this, too, is how they played, how they um, came up like, with the hunters that were out hunting. And then the sheriff figured that out. And then, because um, they got attacked. And then he goes and he notices that the animals are all gone. You know, all the animals Horse are gone. Number
4: 88.
2: Um, and then they see the um, flock of birds that take off, yeah, yeah. you know, when they're outside the church. I just really love the way they filmed this movie. Yep. Um, the dark, the darkness of it to me, um, the sadness more than anything, I guess you right. would say, of the film. Um, it really got to me, and I just I thought it was a great movie. I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I, I did too. I really love the scene where
4: he's driving in his patrol vehicle with his son. And they see the creature for the first time run across the road. Because yeah. his son's like, Dad, there's something in the woods. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Come on. you know." Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he looks out the windshield and he sees his sling run across the road. Yeah. Then he knows. You yeah. know, the whole theme of the film changes.
0: The other thing I liked about this film is it's got a lot of layers to it. Yeah, it's not exactly your standard in-out killer monster movie, right? Right, because it's got—I I, mean—at times, to be honest, it's a family drama. Yeah, because oh, yeah. the the, the uh, sheriff is dealing with marital issues, he's dealing with children issues, he's dealing with grieving. Uh, he's got stuff with the wife and the, or the ex. I, I, I guess they were separated, well, but not yeah, quite they're divorced. They're
4: just separated. Yeah,
0: yeah like. It was it was really good. And then he's, it becomes a police serial investigation, and he deals with those jerks at the bar that were giving him the business. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's kind of follow the cruise. And at a certain point, the trail kind of runs dry.
3: And I learned a lot about horses in this film. I didn't think yeah. I was going to. <laughs> well, it has really. You know, Ryan, you mentioned early on the feel of almost like Stand By Me. And I feel like this movie has the texture of a Stephen King story, almost of a Stephen King novel in some way because of the way that it follows a lot of different plot lines. uh, But while keeping these characters kind of central, this is about the characters, but the way it juxtaposes certain things, like it juxtaposes this kind of, uh, tenuous and sort of estranged relationship between the town and the forest, right? Like the natural world and the forest that sits on the edge of it and how things have been encroaching and what's happening there. And then this estrangement between these family members and the kind of the estrangement that's happening between some of these individuals and the people in the town between where they think their town should be going and what should be happening with it and what's really happening with it. And all of these pieces, they sort of kind of keep the same vibe. The basic storyline feels like what you know, watching a lot of X Files recently, this could be an X Files episode without Mulder and Scully. But then, what they right. do is that that drama at the center, that family stuff, is really pretty strong. And what's interesting is I we talked about Kevin Durant. He plays the heavy a lot. Obviously, he plays. Uh, you know, he has also played the hero sometimes, but very rarely has he ever played the lead uh and in yeah. fact this is one of the few movies where he is the lead and he really hes very good he carries the movie very well he's trying he's doing something similar to what kind of i think they were trying to uh kind of get schwarzenegger to do in a movie like end of days you know he's kind of dealing with almost a similar sort yes, of, yeah. of, of, of backstory but it's the story is it, it feels more um, uh personal here in the way it's handled and one of the big things for me is this movie's legitimately creepy of all the movies yeah. we watched. This is the only one I think is actually scary. And some of the tension comes from what you said, Ryan, where, you know, if you have that kind of uh, having kids, there's two levels here. There's the sadness then, and, and the melancholy that's driven home because of what has happened. And it's one of those things as me as a parent, it's unimaginable. You know, it's hard for oh, me yeah. to imagine. A, I'd, I'd have to right. you know, for your, the remaining mm-hmm. people in your family, you have to continue, but you wonder how you would. And but at the same time, it's the peril that is potentially happening for the people who are just, his kids he still has, right? Like, you know, the, yeah. the family members he still has. And all of that stuff is done really well. And these little things where you think you see the creature, but maybe it's just a tree branch. Or maybe you see this thing out there. And you guys mentioned, you know, it's a Windigo story. But unless I – and I, it's quite possible I could have missed it. Um, I don't think they ever quite come out and say with any, affinity, any I don't definitiveness think any of this.
2: I don't think they came out and said that, um, but I remember reading about – I was reading something about the movie, and I read that it was a Wendigo.
3: Well, no, you know, uh, and I, I think that's what's cool because at some points I think you would agree this almost has – almost feel like it could be a werewolf story. hundred um, percent. why. in fact, I, you know, one of the recent movies uh, that I saw, uh, Bill I know saw too, you guys might have seen it, The Wolf of Snow Hollow – like yeah yeah. this would be almost a companion piece that movie's much more quirky but it has you look at all the pieces the family kind of drama stuff the town sort of uh the the relationship between the officers and the town and it's kind of estranged and trying to figure out what's really going on and this guy's in the middle of a personal crisis you know that movie plays things a little more comedically and quirky and this one doesn't as much it does have a more of a somber tone See Nathan, I thought you were referring to Hunter Hunter. Well that's that's yeah. that's Just true to, too. The the tone yeah. of the film is closer to Hunter <laughs> Hunter. But what I but to go real quick to the cryptid element, at one point you think it could be a werewolf. And then what happens uh, and you guys probably know this one better than me, I thought it was the Jersey Devil, but maybe it wasn't, where at one point in history, and I wanna think I wanna say it was in the early the eighteen hundreds, might have been early nineteen hundreds, where people in a town, I thought it was in New England they come out and they find these weird tracks all over yeah. the ground. Yeah. The devil's footprints, yeah. I think, is the kind of story. Yes. Yeah. the 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 tale. Can you do you do you have clarification on that? But I remember that story, and that's what the opening of this film kind of is—the devil's footprints.
2: Yeah. See, and well, with the with the, the Jersey Devil, it was like a the it was a child that was a, what was it the thirteenth child yeah. born. Yes, the and- backstory
3: was like the witch, but this yeah. was some event that I think the whole idea is the town comes out and they find these weird. Clovin oh yeah, they found them on the Prince.
2: rooftops. Yes, all and, over the place, uh, everything. Uh huh.
3: And well, that's kind of what's built in here, and so you have all these competing elements. If you're someone who enjoys the like the cryptids and those kind of legends and things like that, you, at any given point, this could be any of those things, and you're not sure which.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, another aspect about this film that we didn't really touch on was the fact that you know. In the movie, they talk about how there was this logging company that had started doing, you know, had had started doing some forestry work and cutting down trees, and this thing, they had forced this thing to move south until it had ran out of room. Uh, you know, it basically ran into a town that, you know, it... It couldn't get away from, and what what they had claimed in this film was is this thing had possibly been living in the forest for years, even decades, and they had run it out, and now all of a sudden it is forced to
3: be inside a... It's
4: like a uh, trapped animal. Like a know? trapped animal right. in a town, you know?
3: And I love um, that aspect, like a timber wolf or something, but but bit different. Right, you know, yeah. something we've never seen. You know,
4: and that, that leads credence to the whole thing of we really don't, there's so much unexplored territory that we really don't know what's out there.
3: Yeah. And I love yeah. it when they do that in a story. I love that kind of story beat of as yeah. we push further in the ocean, as we push further, you know, uh, mining, as we push forward destroying the forest, and eventually, you know, nature's going to turn up something we're not quite prepared to deal with. And uh, right. But I love how that's kind of very subtle for a while. But, man, and I don't want to talk about it, spoil it, because people should really see this um, yes, movie. Yes. But the last scene, the very last oh, yeah. shot of the movie, which you could almost miss if you, you got to stay with it, and then boom, <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I was going to say, does it lead to a natural sequel?
4: Exactly. Uh, and it could. That's exactly it, what I was it thinking. very well could. But this particular movie, even if they didn't, do a sequel it kind
3: of leaves you in
4: that you know that thing of oh i really don't know
3: right like you know happen. this is um this the uh, this can kind of go either way maybe but i want to see what happens next and i right. here, my bottom line with this is i cared about all the people in this movie i yeah loved the the tone and the feel right like you say is melancholy it's a a perfect movie or maybe not a perfect movie if you have seasonal de- defective disorder you know <laughs> watching it <in> the <laughs> winter, it's a, you may want to save it for the spring uh i love the monster i loved the way the two were integrated in um i think this was a really good movie i uh I, i'm surprised that it that we don't hear more about it you know honestly uh it fits right. in perfectly right. for people who enjoy like the slow burns of ty west and uh you know we talked about movies like uh Stakeland and Mulberry Street and all of those films uh that mm-hmm. Jim Mickle did you know uh, with Nick mitchy the you know if you enjoy those movies you'll probably enjoy this one um, Oh
4: absolutely I,
3: man I I kind of I'm at the I'm I'm 7.5 but I can almost push towards an 8 I mean I just I think it's a yeah. very good movie yeah. that's where I am Yeah
4: well, I, I uh, think I would give this movie an 8 easily um just because of the acting and the atmosphere in it and just the way they filmed it, you know, we talked about it being in a lot of blue screen. Um, it really made you feel like you were there, and it gave you that claustrophobic feel of you're trapped. Yeah, you know?
2: yeah. I would say I, I would I would give this movie an eight two. I I really enjoyed it. I uh, like you said earlier just a minute ago, Nathan. You said it really. Uh, you care for the for the um, actors in this. You care for each character, and it's uh, yeah. I I definitely I give it an eight.
0: Yeah, I gave this a seven and a half, but for Letterbox, I gave it an eight. Cause you know what, guys? Eight. I'm giving it an you eight go. too.
3: You've convinced me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> eight, <laughs> no, across the board because it's a, Well, even because I was thinking seven point five is we were talking about it and all of those various elements. Like this is this is just a good movie. You know, it, it isn't just even a good horror movie. But I was thinking back. You know what? It did kind of freak me out. It yeah. the movie's technically not rated, but I wanted to take a quick minute because, again, on this podcast, I do like to try to put titles out there for anyone who's listening. Who's like, you know, I and Ryan, you probably like this too. I, you know, I tend to be kind of um, very, uh, you know, I try to be open about what I show the kids. I don't show them everything, but I'm always on the lookout for movies that that they'd be interested in, but also aren't isn't going to push too many of their buttons. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Guys, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I feel like this is probably this could also be a pretty good gateway horror movie. I don't remember oh, anything yeah. oh, in it yeah. particularly. Some the themes that we're talking about, the themes of loss and stuff like that, they're kind of they're below the surface a little. They're not excessive. Uh they they're there, but I don't as a, if you're a younger audience member watching this, you're gonna be caught up in because it is a mystery. Like we're talking about, they're solving a mystery here and uh, yeah, you've got yeah. this horror you've got this monster i think this would be a pretty good movie as a gateway movie because i you know i there's there's language there's some violence but i think it 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 lays on that line of more of a PG-13 into R, would you say? I don't remember anything particularly. Yeah. Go- yeah. Uh, there
2: wasn't really nothing in her that yeah. was particularly, you know, there's no, no, I no
3: sex or anything like that in the film. Yeah. And very little, there's not a
2: lot of gore in this
4: movie, mm-hmm. but
3: there's a little yeah. bit here. It's and more like the aftermath. Go. I think, you know, yeah. Mostly yeah. What you're kind of talking about. This I was movie, say you know, maybe, uh,
0: Go ahead, Bill. No, I was just going to say, maybe I was reading too much into it, but the last 20 minutes, for the audience takes place in a church yes and i almost found it by the end it was uh durand almost finding
3: faith yeah i I thought it was definitely an aspect of what's happening there for sure yeah
2: well and in in the movie you know the the preacher who says you know i i have i've seen your wife but i haven't seen you you know in church and uh and so, yeah, you're right with that. That's 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 probably the first time he's been been in there since the situation happened. You know,
3: and that's another yeah. aspect of movies, like the, you know, this other kind of movie that this is. Uh, I want to just mention real quick that I love is where the supernatural element. It's bad, right? It's you know, particularly for the people who die, you know, because that's it. <laughs> but you know, you have these movies. Um, Duel is one of those movies. Uh, you know, there's lots yeah. of movies. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is one of those movies where the the dark horror element, even Jaws a little bit, you know, it's the disruptor. It's disrupting these people's lives, but sometimes their lives were in a rut or in a bad place, and if they can survive this, they might actually be better off because of this thing that's happened to them, you know, that this... If, yeah. he, can, if he can exercise his personal demons, which is what's happening there towards the end, at the same time, and he can, he can manage to survive not getting mauled to death, then, you know, he and maybe his family will be Okay. Well, see,
2: yeah. and, it, it, well, and what that goes down to is something I live my life by every day anyway, which is it can always be worse. Right. And Last shot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it can always be worse and that, you know, maybe what's going on in your life right now isn't as bad as you think it, it right. is. You know, and you should change yeah, up yeah, your absolutely. attitude. So. Yeah.
3: Well, in a way, yeah. it's like this is waking him up and possibly this entire town up to, to where they really are in the, in the scheme of things, you know. So, uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's a, it's a good movie. I definitely highly recommend it. And it's, I just don't hear it mentioned a lot, particularly considering it is a creature feature, but I think it's very well handled. I, I think the only
0: thing holding it back from anybody that getting mass praise is it at times is a little bit on the drama side. Right. Right. So perhaps if you're looking for a straight up I mean this isn't yeah, this horror... isn't Schlock
3: night. You watch the other three movies. No. For that. no. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, but, but at no. the same but at the same time this movie has a depth yeah. that the other movies don't have. Like there's a there's um you play it the characters play out, you know, they have real lives. There's a relatability to these guys. And you may not necessarily love the characters, but you understand their motivation. And there's some
3: creepy yep. stuff happening in those in that forest. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, yeah.
4: It, and I got to give props to my co-host Ryan for picking this movie. Yeah, man. Um, Because this movie actually hits every gear of what we're about. Yeah. You know, that's it, a good point. It hits yeah. that creepy feel. It hits that, you know, that cryptid, the, uh, you know, the, the fact, of the loss, and the family, and the, the, you know, turning your life around, and everything. I mean, it, this movie hits everything.
0: Like, would you go as far as to call Kevin Durant a sympathetic character? Oh yeah, Absolutely. for sure. I was yeah. with him. I, I, I was definitely with him. Yeah.
4: As I, I weeped when I watched this movie.
2: Well, I could tell. Well, I could tell you this, and you guys know. And I, I, it's cliche, whatever. But as a parent, as a dad, yeah, I definitely was sympathized hardcore.
0: Like so. So, so I was gonna say, Gerald, did you cry more at this or Train to Busan?
2: <laughs> Man, I don't know. Train to Busan was pretty rough, dude. As a good one. <laughs> <laughs> great film dude. he cried more when the puppy got killed in the willies
4: <laughs> you know that's the thing with me is, is that's like yeah you know somebody dies in a film i'm like ah, yeah, kill him kill him but you know you kill a dog in a movie i'm like
2: man you you bring out john wick
0: come on, dude. <laughs> so so i take it you haven't seen the pool the what The pool, he said. The the,
3: pool, yes, the pool. But as as Bill says, it the pool. (laughs) (laughs) The pool. (laughs) It's it it, it is an
0: be a Canadian uh, film. No, no, no. It's it's a Korean. It's a South Korean. No, is it Filipino?
3: Filipino uh, crocodile film. It's a guy in a in a drained out pool, and he's trapped in there with a with a crocodile. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's <all> lovely. <laughs> it's on shutter if you have if you have shutter if you uh, yeah,
0: we great. Film we've gone, we we've gone far down the road. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think
3: we're we're at the end of this journey. But hey, this might be one of the most successful in terms of the quality of the films across the board cuz we had not, <laughs> oh, nothing yeah. that we can yeah, sure. a three or a four yeah, to. I,
4: I got to give you guys props, man. You guys pick some good movies, man.
3: So, yeah, this was a lot of fun and I lo- like like these are I, anyone who's listening. I would recommend, um, particularly if you're a horror fan, you see all of these if you haven't. Um, maybe not all in the same night, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, watch them all together! Right, right. Um, but yeah, dark, dark was the night. I think for me was definitely the winner. And um, it, but uh, a very different you movie. Suck, I, what's that? <laughs>
4: I said, you suck, Nathan. Come on. We all know that, uh, you know, my movie was better.
3: I'm pretty certain we all unanimously gave an eight to this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by my count, is the highest. It uh, was a great film. (laughs) It was a great film. See, the reason
2: why he's so upset right now is because we have a little bet going on. So whoever had the best movie out of both of us, the the loser's got to do the... uh,
4: Winner says, loser does. (laughs)
0: So, so the next week, Ryan and Gerald have to watch Doctor Mordred. Oh, I like Doctor Mordred.
3: Did you guys see that one with Jeffrey Combs? Come on, <laughs> it was fun. You, again, you have uh, to adjust a- your expectations.
4: Jeffrey Combs did a movie with uh, oh, the chick from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, the original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, show? no. The the
2: series. Oh, Sarah uh, Michelle Gellar. No, no, no. What was the uh, all right, we're done. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, we're and done. it's finished. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm Now I'm con- intrigued. Which one? House of the Witch, I think. You're
4: talking about
2: Angel? Or, uh, no, you're talking no, about no, um, Charisma Carpenter. Char- yeah, Charisma Carpenter. Charisma Carpenter. Charisma
4: Carpenter. He did a movie with her. I think it was called House of the Witch. Was that House of Bones? Yeah, oh, yes.
3: House of Bones. That's it. That actually is it. not. You know, that was one of the movies I was considering picking when we were kids at the really uh, well it, it it had a really cool looking cover and i saw and i like charisma carpenter and then I, but when i looked at it i was like oh wait i've seen this movie but to be honest it, it's not a bad movie it yeah it yeah. feels a it's little really bit like a not. tv horror really movie but it's not bad
4: yeah well you know you throw jeffrey Combs on there and i mean he's going to make it
3: brilliant he doesn't make everything um, yep. brilliant <laughs> 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 ask ask, uh, ask anyone who watched uh Hammerhead for that last shark episode yeah! of O C. <laughs> doesn't make everything oh, right. Nathan, what? had to go. There. Oh well, yeah. I mean, he's got some stuff in his. butt you know what? He's also he's got some interesting movies in his um filmography. There's one I'd love to. Yeah, man, we're gonna have to do this again. So we'll bring you guys back oh, yeah, on this VOD roulette thing. Was super fun. Uh, it's a blast having you guys on every time you come. Uh, thanks so much for
4: uh, we love being here man
3: and and, and while you're while we're still got
0: on the air p- tell the folks out there how they can get a hold of you
4: oh it's easy uh just uh check out horror chronicles podcast you can find us on every podcast uh provider out there uh we've YouTube. got a facebook page horror chronicles podcast uh YouTube. you can find us on youtube just type in horror chronicles we'll pop right up We've got Instagram. We've got uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter, we're at thehorrorchron.com. Yeah, uh, which we
2: are never on. Oh, no, it's
4: not <laughs> <the.com>. It's
2: <laughs>
4: at horrorchron. Sorry.
2: But no, uh, best uh, way to get a hold of us, guys, uh, is our Facebook page. We're highly active on it. Send us a message, um, and um, we can get you on the show. We like to have conversations with everybody. Um, body, paranormal, cryptid, witchcraft, all that kind of stuff. Aliens, we'll talk about all that
0: stuff. Taco let's Bell, wait, anything, on. really. So
4: call Ryan's cell phone. <laughs> it's
0: 555. 555- <laughs> well, well, the thing is, Ryan and Gerald, you can find on YouTube. Ryan, you can find on RedTube.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just look up the names. Peter Throbbins. Peter North.
3: Um. Oh, man. So have you guys seen this? Uh, I was—I saw Hulu is advertising. I don't know if it's a movie or it's a show called Sasquatch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen it? it looked, I haven't I seen I thought it. you guys, the minute I saw it, I was like, this looks – yeah, we'll have to check that out.
2: I haven't seen it yet, but yes, there it's was on my something,
4: list. Something else, Sasquatch, that I saw the other day that was popping up. Mm, uh,
2: Asquatch. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's right up back there. With... To, back, back to Red Tube. <laughs> <laughs> That's right up there with the Triple Exorcist.
3: <laughs> well, I do like, you know, have you guys seen on YouTube? Have you seen Sax Squatch? With the, <laughs> the Sasquatch wearing the bandana, he's out in the middle of the woods with a saxophone playing like uh oh, Africa yeah. by Something Toto. From the Lost Boys? Yeah. No, 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 but I was thinking, I was literally cause apparently we all have the same thoughts here. I was thinking I would definitely go see a Tim Capella Sasquatch like <laughs> double, you know, feature <laughs> For yeah. sure, I would look up Sack Squatch. Oh, it's uh, it's
2: one That's awesome. Sack Squatch. Uh, we appreciate we'll you guys up, having us on for sure. This was a blast. Yeah, man. we love it. dude. It we always love it. And
0: we, 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 job, we'll, we'll tap you guys on the shoulder in about a month and we'll do pick this your again. Best. Yeah, we'll let we'll to go awesome. real wild yeah, next time.
3: So, let's and um, so yeah, let's, guys, uh,
4: let's give ourselves four more. Like extremely obscure movies. And- yes. Yep.
0: And you can't have seen it or even remember it. So if you were higher drunk, they can. Oh, God.
3: Now he's Sweet. up in the ante. It's like, okay, well, we had too many good movies this time. The new rule is <laughs> yeah. it can't star yeah, anyone that you might know. You <laughs> <laughs> the budget must be under I mean, $50,000.
2: The next time uh, we do this, i tell you what oh. I'm going to do. I'm going to let my seven-year-old pick the movie for you. Hey. Me.
4: Yeah. So I do want to give a shout out. Uh, we just did an episode with a guy. His name was Brandon Keenan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just put out a movie. Uh, it, it actually finished filming in 2017, but it came out in 2020. It's called Body Farm uh if you guys get a
2: chance check that movie out we, we actually gave them we actually gave him your guys' info we told him yeah that, we um, uh,
4: we told him about you guys he may get a hold of you he's a, sci-fi cool. guy. he's a sci-fi guy too awesome. so yeah he's big into sci-fi and horror and stuff he's oh a, cool he's an independent director he's only done like uh you know two or three films is
3: that film available uh, now Yes. Uh, It is going to come out Thursday. Oh, very cool. We'll put a link uh, for it in the show notes to this episode because I can tell you his movie is going to beat our episode out. (laughs) uh, Uh, Maybe not. Our episode. Maybe not yours. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) Um, Yeah, we need need to put you guys in touch with this guy. He was super cool. Yeah, very cool. We just did an interview with him on – Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday. Cool. is that one out uh, yet? Super cool guy. He's he's from Pittsburgh, and and that was a really cool thing in our episode because what else happened in Pittsburgh? Uh, the Night one of the Living Dead.
0: Dead. Night of the Living Dead.
4: Uh, yeah. Um, he he. Uh, that's the one. That one's dropping this Thursday, right? Yeah, it'll come out this Thursday. We are gonna wait until the following Thursday to release this episode. So you guys will get yours out before we get ours out, but... It's all good. Probably about cool. the same
3: time. I have a backlog. So, but yeah, uh, this was great fun. Thanks. Uh, this is the... Absolutely. Check you out the it. Horror Chronicles, and this is the Phantom Galaxy, and we are signing out. Have a good night. Keep it creepy.